Welcome to the Reconnected Podcast. I'm Amy Abair, and today I have Bernadette Catalano with me. We are hanging out in my living room, and I don't know why I feel like I have to hover over that. So this is going to be a really um, just off-the-cuff conversation, whatever comes up. Um, Bernadette and I met, how many years ago has it been? I feel like maybe five years or six. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, so Bernadette's amazing. Um, She is someone that I look up to, and we were just talking about the subject of self-worth and why I think Bernadette really has her self-worth going on, and I look up to her in that way. So there's a lot of things that we can talk about. Um, Maybe I'll let you lead this conversation. I feel like you're more with it today than I am. I was up this morning taking my daughter to the airport, so (laughs) what do you think? I'm just candid here, so I don't, you know. Amy, you're always with it. (laughs) I am happy. I'm happy to jump in anywhere, and I'll, I'll just say, so honored to be the first guest on your podcast, although it basically forced myself on you, but it's okay. You, you get it. Like I'm, nobody's a bigger fan, uh, than I am of, of Amy and her work. And we met cause we're both, um, bloggers and, um, she actually reached out to me, which I thought was super cool. And, and we've been friends ever since. And, um, the power of social media for good. Yes, the power for good, which there's uh, there's so much negative talk about social media and and yeah, some of it is warranted. The the groupthink stuff really scares me, but the power to connect people mm-hmm. is is truly powerful and and I'm really grateful for that. So, it's just like anything else. It can be used for good or ill. Exactly. And I think our friendship is is a beautiful example of social media. Totally. Doing justice in the world. Totally. And so you do a lot of justice in the world. So you do a lot. You're uh, an amazing corporate lawyer. um, And you are um, the author of Daughter (laughs) Lessons. And so, um, you know, I know that you're bringing a lot of light to you, to everybody around you and to your daughters and I just, I keep coming back to this notion of self-worth when I think about you. So I think maybe we should just start there because I want to kick off with that because self-worth is so important to like, and it's, it really embodies like the reconnected podcast because it's like being connected to yourself. You're not, when you're truly in that moment of being connected to yourself, you're not going to settle for less. Yeah, I, I so agree with you and you're really hearkening me back to the start of my journey and I can even tell you the, the, the moment um, I was living a life where I did not feel connected to myself at all. I had um, a very busy law practice, which I, I still do today. I had um, daughters that I was raising, and I was in a period of time where I, I, I felt like I was hurtling through space I would get places and I would not even have any idea how I got there. I mean, I knew I drove the car, but after that, I didn't know anything else. I don't know what streets I took. I, I had such a, um, a faulty connection with my heart and my soul. And the road to getting connected with myself was through yoga. Mm-hmm. I uh, remember being in Pittsburgh. I 
saw, you know, that was a big part of my world at that time. And I remember seeing that a, a new yoga studio was opening in Pittsburgh, uh, Breathe, Breathe Yoga Studio. And I thought, I wonder what that's all about. So I decided to take a class thinking that really I was focusing more on the exercise aspect of it because like all women at the time, not only did I have this burden of my business, um, the responsibility of my children, I was also trying to keep up with the demands on women, the incessant demands on women to attain physical beauty attain and maintain physical beauty, which is something that our society, um, you know, is, is extremely harsh on women. So, of course, I was going to this yoga class not to be connected to myself. That was right. the last thing I was thinking about. I wanted to be, um, you know, I wanted to burn as many calories in an hour and 15 minutes as possible. Power vinyasa flow. Oh, yeah. I, like, <laughs> exactly. And I remember walking out feeling like one, I had, you know, it, it, it blew me away how difficult it was. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I remember my, it was, first class. <laughs> I mean, the sweat. Oh my God. I, I mean, like, uh, I didn't take a beginner's class and I went right for it. And I was like trying so hard to not look like a complete fool. Oh yeah. I was. I tried so hard. I mean, I'm someone who really doesn't sweat all that much. Me I mean, either. except in yoga. And what I do, right, yeah. Oh yeah. I and love sweating and I don't sweat enough. Like true. No matter what I do. Like I'm not a big sweater. Yeah. yeah. Yes to sweat, for yeah. sure. But I what I realized is for that hour and fifteen minutes, I did not think of my job. I did not think of my children. I did not think of my then husband. I did not think of anything but doing the moves that the Mm -hmm. teacher was doing. And I felt like I was on vacation. I walked out of that class feeling so light and truly connected to myself, which a lot of, a lot of us and, and really a lot of women are disconnected a hundred percent I mean I think I have I had a similar experience with yoga being like one of the first um you know entries into this work for me for sure and it's because of that moment of being like oh my gosh I can like you're just you're like it's just you you and your mat it's you and your mat you know and it's like I do have to say though that certain classes have given me more of that than others for some reason like sometimes there'll be a certain instructor in a certain place I remember for some reason like going to downtown breathe have you ever gone to the downtown location I loved that location with the huge windows you know how certain areas and that's like another thing I talk about like certain areas like have energy have energy and like I connect and obviously there's energies coming off of the teacher but I mean for the most part it's you're still getting that time with yourself but sometimes this is just a random sidetrack, you know, sometimes you can, <laughs> sometimes you can get a little distracted if you're not, if you're, if someone's thinking about going to yoga for the first time or something like that, just know that it's, if you take a yoga class and it didn't work for you, like maybe it's just, you need to take it again with somebody else. Yeah, I, I think that's true. But I mean, also following your gut because you followed your gut to like go to that one class, you know what I mean? And it just worked out. Well, what's. What's kind of interesting, as as a busy person, I've gotten efficient 
You have to be intuitive. I've gotten right. I've gotten efficient on this, and I realize, like for example, for a while, I was getting up at five thirty every morning, um, driving with my coffee. I would sleep in my yoga clothes. I would drive with my coffee. I That's would a good. take my coffee into the yoga room. The only thing I would do is like get up, brush my teeth, bring right. my coffee, you right. know, make a Keurig, get in the car, and I would I would be drinking my first coffee on the yoga mat. Like how yeah. how sick is that? But I've done I, that you know what I had to do it. Usually my second cup, like or like. And I realized the teacher scheduled at that time, and this wasn't at Breathe. This was at a different studio that fit the time just fit better in my in my busy life. And the the teacher at that time was you know just not really connecting with me. Uh, she, I am a high energy person, so I have found I need someone who's a little more soothing and gentle yeah. because I need someone to balance my energy. And the woman teaching the class had similar energy to mine, which yeah. really irritated me. <laughs> but then I realized that no matter what happens, I am responsible for what happens on my mat. So I've done kind of a workaround to say, okay, the teacher's voice might be irritating for me, or I might, <laughs> no, I know. right. I might hate the incense she's burning. Like it's right. not the scent that like I love. I'm very sensitive to smell sound. I, I, I'm definitely, I'm on sensory overload totally. from the, the moment I was born. So yeah, it's, re- I get very irritated by, by things that mm-hmm. affect my senses. I notice everything, right? Yes, exactly. Notice, yeah. But I've, I've learned to say, I am responsible for what happens on my mat. And in the end, I am my own teacher. So if somebody's that. irritating me, why is she irritating? What is it in me that's making her words or her movements bother me? And it's really a path to introspection sure. if you allow it to be. Yeah. It's like the, people are mirrors all the time. I, I get off the phone with um, said relative. I won't say. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, why did that bother me so much? Oh, because she's she's putting me back to this thought about myself. Or, you know, it's all about, like, discovering how you're being triggered. Why are you being triggered? And isn't this the time of year? So the holidays totally. are, I think, so hard for a lot of us because... It doesn't, in my family, it doesn't matter that I'm a successful lawyer in a national firm with national clients and, um, you know, have have really attained some, some success uh, career-wise. I'm, I'm extremely fortunate and I'm a pretty together person, but I will tell you, I'm, I'm the sixth child out of seven. I have four older sisters who are very, um, very, oh, how can I say this? They're fierce women. They Mm -hmm. are fierce women. And I have a younger sister. I have an older brother. And suddenly, any family setting I'm in, I feel unqualified. I feel unqualified. I feel um, like I'm, yeah, it's interesting. Or I can I'm, I'm better at it now. I'm better at managing it because I just remind myself, well, hey, you know, they're remembering who you were when yes. you were 16. Yes. They don't oh. know you as an adult. Exactly. Fully. Right? 
Right. You know, I, I, I totally feel you on this. Sometimes I think, and maybe this isn't a, I might be like the opposite of things because I've evolved so much and we've all evolved and you've evolved, but like my family, they don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like I tell them about like this podcast and the things I'm working on and the cars and the workshops and all of that. And they don't fully get it. You know what I mean? So like, it's just, there's a disconnect there. But the important thing is, is that, you know, right. And it, as long as you know, I, I think the, the phrase that cannot be overstressed and I even wrote this in my Christmas message to all the women in, in my women colleagues. Um, you are the most important person in your life. It, it doesn't make you a bad mother or no. a bad wife or a bad person or a bad daughter or, you know, whatever role you're, you're filling to declare I'm the most important person in my life. And I think we've been given a guilt trip on that. Million percent guilt trip. I mean, and I fully believe that and I, I'm totally on board with you. And it's like, I say that in theory and I want to think that, but then when we're in the mix, like I have to remind myself, you know, and it, and that's a, it's a beautiful practice. And that's part of like the current practice workshop that I'm working on and my boundaries workshop that you can sign up for um, is all about, you know, putting yourself first. We are, we are told that putting ourselves first. And I think it's just a generational thing, right? Cause my mother like slaved away for us. You know what I mean? And obviously we're mothers. We take care of our kids first. So it's like really this, this kind of paradigm, maybe that's paradox. You know, we have to put our kids first, but like we have to take care of ourselves, especially as mothers, right? So let's take that example. We have to take care of ourselves or else like our daughters, who are they, who are they going to look up to? Who are they going to have to support them? You Somebody know, who's ragged, running ragged and has no, an empty, you know what I mean? Who's right. Running on empty? Well, empowerment is really the gift, the ultimate gift that we give to our daughters, right? And, and this is what I see so much in you. And this is like the gift that you give to your daughters. Like, oh, that's, that, that's so kind. And I, that makes me feel good because there, there was a time and there are still times where I felt like, um, I'm, I'm being selfish, um, because I'm declaring for myself that, you know, this is what I want. This is what I need to do. This isn't working for me right now. Right. Um, I've, I've found that, um, you know, there is a big taboo around divorce in, in our society, certainly in, in our, um, in our families, and I think we, we need to really look at that. Um, I, 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 it's very, very obvious for me around the Christmas time because I get so many less Christmas cards now because I'm divorced. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why is that? I still know the same amount of people, but there's just something about it. There's something, in, and believe me, I don't wish divorce on anyone Nobody wants to get a divorce. Right. If they say that, it's it, it's a last resort. No right. one gets married thinking they want to get divorced. But I have to say there there are so many people and mostly women that I know who stay in marriages that no longer serve them sure. because they think they're benefiting their children. Right. But how are you really benefiting your children? Because I know as a mother, 
I wouldn't want either of my children staying in a marriage if it wasn't serving them anymore. Right. And also, you're not doing your partner any favors right. by staying in a marriage. And I'm doing the finger quote thing. Staying in a marriage physically that your heart and soul has left or your partner's heart and soul has left. Because that's another thing. Just because you're the one who calls the game, you know, who says, you know what, game over, uh, doesn't mean you're the bad guy. Right. It just means you're the one who is being realistic. So true. About where it's going. So I think I think we need That's to be a really good point. <laughs> right? Like we yeah. need to be more gentle with each other on on relationships. You know, people break up. It happens. Have some compassion. Compassion is incredibly important in that um, I think we we do so much judging. People judge. And part of my move to New York a few years ago was based on the fact that I wanted to be in a place that people wouldn't judge me. Um, it, being in Rochester, and I love Rochester. I adore this place. I raised my children here. But there were people who would walk up to me in Midtown and want to talk about the fact that Mike and I broke up. And it was, it was crazy. It's like, what is this, sophomore year? <laughs> right, exactly. It was, it was just, and, and then wanted to yeah. talk to me about um, his now significant other. It's because they're bored. Exactly. Or maybe they also want to distance themselves and say, this is never going to happen to me right. kind of thing. But, you know, I, I still love Mike. I love his significant other. I think they're a great couple, and I could not be more supportive of that relationship. I am never going to be saying anything negative about Mike. He's the father of my children. He's right. given me the best presents I've ever gotten my daughters. Totally. I feel so, the same, even right? though I'm not, you know... Um, well, I mean, I divorce was all I knew growing up. My parents divorced so young. Right. So to, for me, it was kind of like, this is how, the, when you're little and that happens, you think that's how the world works. Right. You know, now I had my best friend, Janelle, her mother lived in Florida and her dad lived in Rochester and we were best friends. So like she had divorced parents and then my other friend did not have divorced parents. So it was like, I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's a happy family, you know, Long story short, I've never been judgmental of it because I've been through it since a child. So I, how could I, you know, I would never be. And then, you know, in my own personal circumstance, um, I am not with Gabby's father, but, you know, I don't look at him. I don't look at it as like a failure. I just look at it as like something I went through in my life. And I love what you said about like, I'm not the bad guy because I was the one that ended it. It just wasn't the right thing. It can, and she takes knows, courage. Oh my gosh! To that say was, this isn't know. the right thing for this isn't working for me right I now. I was twenty six when I, I mean I was twenty three when I had Gabby, so I was twenty six when I was like, I just this this can't be my life. And remember, this can't be my life if it's not working for you. Right. It's not working for your children. Right. Remember, because they see everything. They know. They pick up on, on the energy major. Absolutely. You can pretend like you're whispering, but like they know. Oh, my. You know, like, <laughs> they hear everything. And the, the yeah. thing that you said that, I, that I'm that i picking up on right now is 
like the happy family. I don't know a happier family than me, my girls, Mike, Jenny, like all of us together. We are happy. We celebrated Carly. Carly got married this summer. I think you know that. And, you know, it was like our our wonderful COVID wedding on on the rooftop of our building. I'm down with that. It was awesome. 17 people. And we, there are so many fun pictures of all of us. There was not a single moment during the entire wedding day where I felt awkward about Mike and Jenny, not even like it was, it was so wonderful. And I'm juxtaposing that with the engagement party. And there were some moments of awkwardness, but as I really analyze it now, the awkwardness was not Mike and Jenny and I, it was people's judgments about it. People, you know, because some people who came to the engagement party were, you know, wow, you you guys get along. And people just want to say something about it. And it's really, um, you know, you have to, as you say, have boundaries on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've learned I'm so sensitive to other people's energy that I really have to build build that muscle and say no. What you think doesn't matter. It's what I think. It's what the people in the situation think. That's really important. So as far as it goes, I mean, I don't know a family happier than mine. Honestly. Right. No, I love that. I love that. And I honestly, you're helping me self-reflect right now because I literally don't like, I would be the last person to be that person at the wedding, like being like, Oh, are you guys together? You're not like, I would, that wouldn't even like enter my mind. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't even be a, it would just be like, Oh yeah, you're of course your ex-husband's here. Like, you know, what's cool. I, I, I really think I officiated, um, at a wedding for my goddaughter who married another woman. And I know at the time, my mother, who is 88 years old, was like, what? What's going on? Caitlin's marrying Taylor? I thought they were just friends. It was a a thing. She was more upset that I was officiating at the wedding because I'm not a man and I'm not a priest. But you know what? The cool thing is my 88-year-old mother overcame both of those hurdles very quickly. Oh, I love that. And my my theme at the wedding, you know, because I, um, oh my gosh, like I, my whole life, one of my dreams was to say dearly beloved. Oh my gosh. And I started out the wedding with <laughs> dearly beloved and it, it just, I wanted to burst with joy at that moment because there was so much love. And my point, and I, and I kept my comments short, but How lucky are we that the concept and the construct of love has changed so much in so short of a period of time? I mean, when you think about it, a hundred years ago, people who were different races, for them to be married would be, you know, that would be verboten. That would be something that would be forbidden people who were different religions that would be forbidden. God forbid two people of the same sex that would be forbidden. And think about the fact that our, our sense of love and, and whom we can love has changed and has opened 
and has gotten to a point where we're accepting, because think about it, it's two souls, two souls who adore each other. They should be together. And the construct has changed, and that is amazing. And right along with it, the construct of what a family is has changed. It doesn't have to be a mom, a dad, and 2.5 kids in order to be happy family. It can be uh, a a current wife, an ex-wife, a husband, the kids, the extended family. The Brady Bunch. Yeah, and, and it's amazing to me, and it's so wonderful. So it, it's easy to get down on what's happening today. You know, the times, if I hear one more person start a conversation with in these troubled times, such, it's like my pet peeve. Oh, I can't stand it. This you know is the what? best time we've ever had. I mean, honestly, that's how I feel because I, I have been, I have been so not aligned with the world for so many years. Like I'm so like not mainstream, you know, I'm so in my own world for so many years. And now it's kind of like, there's people like me coming up that are like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Now everybody's starting to get it. I, Sorry, I'm, but that's just the truth. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I feel, I'm not saying things have been easy. Don't get me wrong. No. I feel energized though. Yeah. I feel energized that the concept of these things like love and family are changing and they're opening and they're they're growing and evolving and that's so cool and that'll only become more and more just like our concept of ourselves and what we're worth and we're worth more than just being a sacrifice like being a slave we don't have to be that we can be aligned with our own thoughts and ideas and what we want and what we don't want as women and we're empowered to say this is working for me or this isn't working for me and it's okay yeah I love that so that's self-worth to me I love that (laughs) and that's I was we were talking about it before um, we pressed record but I was it's it that can reflect out in so many ways you know, on so many levels, when you have that core worth, I was in getting into a situation where I was going to sign a contract. And I talk about this in another podcast that I haven't released yet. But um, I was about to sign a contract and go somewhere. And Bernadette was the first person that I was going to call, I did end up backing out because it was like, why would I be settling and this could be happening in any situation, relationships, friendships, anything. Um, why would I be settling for something that like wasn't fully me? I wasn't fully on board with, like I had to make it kind of work, you know, and just like, and it could be, you could relay that to, to a relationship or like if people weren't approving of you, um, you could be like, well, I, you're going to mold to them. You know what I mean? But instead of like, it's like, no, I'm not going to mold. It just was an example in real time. Cause I really wanted to go to Florida. <laughs> you right. know, I want to, I wanted to spend some time down there. I want to get in the sun. I want to be where it's a little bit more, not, you know, constricted. Um, and so I was really pushing to do that, but it was such a, just, I know it can sound kind of, you know, not as important as like a relationship or something like that, but it was so just like, Amy, no, 
if it's not a hundred percent, if it's not a hell yes, right. If it's not a hundred percent, then like you don't need to do it. And I get into this and I think this can come along with women staying in relationships. Um, you get into this mode of like, nothing better is going to come along or, you know what I mean? Like, this is all I can get. I'm not going to get anything better than this. Nothing else is going to come along. And when you get in that energy of nothing else is going to come along, well, then nothing else comes along, right? But if you're putting your foot down and you're like, no, I'm not going to do that, then the next opportunity is going to come, you know? And that's what I think about when I think about self-worth. And that's why I thought I you popped into my mind when I was going through, I mean, I was in the trenches with like, should I do this? Should I do this? Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to give my notice. Like I, I was very nervous and very nerve wracked. And the, there was a, another podcast in here somewhere because I was going to get into like intuition. What was my intuition telling me? I feel I felt like I couldn't hear my intuition. And then I finally heard it. And it was like, no, this isn't for you. But I, anyways, I remember I, you were I, you were on my list to call. I was like, I'm going to call Bernadette because she'll know. She'll know what she'll know what to tell me. I, I love you. You use the word core. And the French word for heart is core. It's C O E R. I think I'm spelling it right. Something like along those lines. Yeah. And you know, our heart is at our core. Mm-hmm. And if we, you know, and this is a, a a callback to how we started the podcast about you know knowing knowing that having that connection mm-hmm. and that connection is to our heart. What is our heart? Our hearts are so darn smart, but we don't want to listen to them. We, right. we want to listen to all the chatter that goes on. But if you know your heart and, and yoga is one way that I learn to know my heart, you you will listen. And that's part of intuition as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, you know, how do I get there? How do I how do I know my own heart? And, you know, that, I mean, and that's, God, that could be 20 podcasts. Because- <laughs> well, that's really the current, what the current practice is all about. That's what Reconnect Podcast is all about. It's all about getting to know, like reconnecting to that truth. Because when you're in that authenticity, when you're in that worth, then you'll know the answer, you know, and that's, it's like asking the question, like, what would my highest self do? And I, it can still get tricky though, you know, and I think that it's more of a feeling, mm-hmm. I feel like it's something that you feel and I was, you know, cause I've been, I've been reading about intuition for how many years, you know what I mean? Like, and we've heard about it for so long and it's like, I think it's a feeling. Do you agree? Like, I feel like it's, I feel like if it's intuition, it's like calm. Like I wouldn't be like frantic, freaking I, out you know, about this. Should I go? Should I not? Like, that's not intuition. Like, I agree with you. Uh, feelings have gotten a bad rap along the way, and I'm not sure why. But our feelings really, <laughs> really guide us. I mean, you know, I, I mean, any big decision. It's I, like someone was trying to take us away from those feelings. Oh, yeah. Someone. Quotes, someone. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know every big decision I've made in my life. Every big thing that's happened to me has been in a sea of calm, mm-hmm. calm, you know, undetoured. I just felt, you know, so in the zone. I, I think that's the one thing about my motherhood that I am extremely grateful for. It has been the one realm of my life where I have been so unbelievably calm I, my instincts have driven me. 
the entire way. Now, again, this doesn't mean that I am a perfect mother. Absolutely not claiming that. My children could testify against me, I'm sure. However, they're so sweet. They never, they never would. <laughs> um, but I have raised two. You're pretty close. I have raised two fierce <laughs> women. Yeah. Two fierce women. I mean, I look women. at them and I'm just like, I'm always in awe. They are amazing. And I will tell you, I, I led with my gut on every turn and there was something in me. I mean, I wanted to be a mother when I was five years old. I had a list of what my kids' names were going to be. My dad told me I was like that too, like brushing my friend's hair. And I was always like the nurturer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want, I, I knew like this was my destiny. Like I never wanted to be a lawyer. I always wanted to be a mother. (laughs) I ended up becoming a mother so I could support my children. I mean, so like, isn't that kind of weird? But I will tell you, it's, it's that, that gut and, and there has been a calmness in my motherhood that, uh, is unexplainable. I picked up on that. Honestly, like I think right away, like when we first met and I was like, I need more of that because I, I get anxious about things with my daughter, you know, and not that you don't Mm -hmm. get anxious about your daughters ever, but I just feel like there's a. You have this like innate thing going on. <laughs> I, you know, I do. And I'm not I saying like, I'm, I mean, I'm no, you are a wonderful mother and you are, you are a very instinctual mother. And I think that, um, it is a gift. Like it, it, it is a gift from the universe and I accept it. Uh, I remember, you know, I, I'm 25 years old. My first baby, Carly, remember being in the, uh, pediatrician's office and there were a lot of babies born in the hospital, the, like the, the days surrounding Carly. I think there were almost 20 babies in the nursery wow. at one time. And uh, so, of course, a lot of these babies were getting their first appointments around the same time. So I went to the pediatrician and there were probably 10 babies in the waiting room. And they were all screaming except Carly. Oh. She was the, oh, she was so calm. She was like this little Buddha baby. Oh, that's a... And I went in and the doctor said, your, your baby's the only baby that's not crying today. You know, and I looked up at him and I smiled. I'm like, she's so good. And he said, you know what? I think it's a good fit. You and your baby have a good fit. Aww. And I thought, you know, that's the connection. I was connected to her, and I think the fact that I was so calm made her calm. Exactly. It makes sense, right? Totally. I have a I have a just after giving birth story that's really beautiful, and it's just something I'll just tell because I had Gabby, and then, um, you know, it was a fun birth. Just kidding. Never doing that again. <laughs> never did it again. Never would. But anyways, that's another story. Um she, at some point, they have to take them out, right, of the room to yes. like, shortly after to mm-hmm. do all of the tests or whatever. And, like, they they said she, they were going to bring her back to me. And it was getting, like, I felt like I was getting, like, antsy. Like, where is she? Where is she? You know what I mean? And I was like, where is she? And so I literally called the button. I pressed the button. <laughs> and I was like, is she coming Where's back yet? Baby? Like, oh, my God. Aww. You know? And I feel your anxiousness. They brought her back to me. And when you said Buddha baby, it made me think of that. She just, they brought her back and she just looked like this little, like, I don't know, like gizmo. Like, I don't know, her little green eyes. And they put her in my arms. And I, 
I looked in her eyes and like she knew she missed me too while she was in there. Aww. And she was like so happy. Like we were both so happy to have each other back. And like maybe as I say it, it doesn't sound as profound, but like. No, I love it. In that moment, like it, I told her the story probably a hundred times. Like we just, it was that connection of just like, oh my gosh. Aww. And nothing was, has ever been bigger than that. Nothing will ever be bigger than that. And that's why I'm so grateful for her. And I can get a little bit um, overprotective, you know? That's okay. Um, and that's something, you know, Gabby is just newly in college and let's just say newly like flew the nest or whatever you call it. <laughs> okay. We need, we need to dedicate another podcast yeah, I know. to that. I know it's tough. Totally. So that's where I'm at right now. And it's just like, it's a whole, it's a whole, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on the beginning of a whole nother journey and just kind of letting her be, but, but just also letting her know that I'm still so here without being annoying. Well, trying to not be annoying. If it inspires you, you know how involved I am with my right. daughters I know, who are, exactly. you know, women, right. I mean, you know, Carly's married, Courtney is engaged. I mean, these, they are, have, you know, they have attained adulthood, but what's wonderful is, uh, the connection is strong, you know, in some ways stronger because we really enjoy each other's company as people. They, they have seen me, you know, having watched me go through the death of my father, go through a divorce, go through career changes, you know, a very, some very dramatic breakups. Right. I have become a human to my children. Right. I am not just mom. I am a person that they know who they've seen down and they've seen me get up. And that only makes our connection stronger and better. So what signs are they, by the way? uh, We have majorly compatible signs. So, you know, I'm a Gemini, Gemini. You're a Gemini, Gemini. Uh, Courtney is a, an Aquarius mm-hmm. and we just, you know, Aquarians are just lovely to get along with. And Carly is Sagittarius, wow. which is what my mother is. Okay. And the three signs, our three signs are unbelievably compatible. Right. And we, we, you know, we, we travel together. We, we do so much as a family and I, I, you know, again, I'm grateful to the universe to give me that gift because we we really do have the, the connection. I was going to say, maybe Gabby's the way she is because she's an Aquarius. She's like double Aquarius, triple Aquarius. Is she? I ran yeah. her chart. Yeah. And um, cool. so what is it like Aquarius moon, Aquarius rising and Aquarius wow. sun. So she is out She's like, peace, mom. She is so, yes. That's great. You know, that but is that's wonderful. Yeah, my mom's like, Amy, you should be happy, you know, that she's so independent because some kids are not, you know, and they're yeah. just kind of lingering around, lost. Like, Gabby's out. She's like, I'm going to be a psychologist. I'm going to be a neuroscientist. I'm moving out. I'm getting my own apartment. I love you, mom. I'll see you at Christmas. <laughs> you know what? And you did your job. Yeah. So it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, I love hearing that. And I mean, every situation is different, right? I feel like we are, we're on a journey and, um, I, I want to give her the space that she needs if she needs space. Cause there's no, there's no need to smother somebody that needs space. Lord knows I didn't like being smothered, you know? So it's like, but, um, yeah, no, yeah. I get it. But it, it's interesting that you're, you talked about compatibility cause I don't think I ever really looked like, 
I'm a Virgo. I found out I'm a Scorpio rising. I didn't know I had anything mm. to do with Scorpio. And then I'm mm. a Libra moon. Oh, I also wanted to talk to you about, um, and we can wrap up soon because I know you have to go. Um, this is something I wanted to know if you heard about the astrocartography. Oh, I just love the word. Yes, because you <laughs> were talking about you were talking about how you love. So we have to do this. You, I'll send you the link. You have to run your chart. It's a little confusing, but like I figured it out. You can get the most of it without having to like ask for help from someone. But um, so you were saying that was it Charleston that you felt amazing in? You felt so love. At home? Love Charleston. It just feels so comfortable for me and so I just, many places don't feel that way right yeah. like it's like, i mean i travel a lot you I travel mean, i'm a on a plane lot. yes virtually every day except totally. for the pandemic and in my mind i'm on a plane yeah every day i know i'm always like where did that where was your last john <laughs> but charleston <laughs> felt different for me i loved I it i could so see you there you it's know. just it's it's just a cool place so yeah, yeah I wanted, maybe we should go there together I want to know more about this. So I'm interested in finding out. Yeah. So basically the way it kind of works and I'm not a, you know, expert in this by any means, but we have different lines (laughs) that run. So you enter your information like you would if you were getting like your regular chart Mm -hmm. and you enter like time of birth and things like that. And it'll, it'll show you this map and there'll be different lines. And some of them are Pluto lines. There's like Mm -hmm. the line of the North node. And what's really important are, like, Jupiter lines. There's Mars lines. So, like, me, for example, I have a Jupiter line right through California. Makes so much sense because, like, when I'm in California, I'm, like, I'm just alive there. I'm myself there, you know. Granted, you know, the current state of affairs puts a damper on all of this, right? Because that shifts energy, too, right? But it's all about energy. And certain places hold different energies. And this is like kind of a sidetrack off of this. I wonder if any of this, even like astrocartography stuff shifts like in time. You know what I mean? Because energy energy mm-hmm. might not stay the same all the time. But that's just my Virgo like overactive mind. Oh, okay. You know, because I overanalyze because I'm like, wait a minute, maybe that changed in time. But it makes, it makes so much sense. And like Rochester for me is a Chiron line. And Chiron is about, well, okay, wait a minute. The Chiron's my sign of the line the line is the descendant line so that means like rochester and that runs like right through florida too that's why like if i go to florida it's like fun for me but it's not like life-changing i don't have what really but it's about healing too so i shouldn't say it's not about life-changing but it's such similar energy to rochester is what i'm saying it's not like it's not like a for me because my line just goes right through that Hmm. so it's just and something New York and into. Charleston are on a similar line, and I do feel uh, a certain certain healing in New York. I want you to and find I felt this out that, for yourself. Yeah, Isn't that I cool? Would love to. Yeah, that is cool. Because I was like, wait, where am I drawn to next? Because I obviously want to leave for a little while again, and I was like, well, Florida is not going to feel too much different, you know. I mean, obviously, it feels different, like I said, because it's sunny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But it's a beautiful day here oh, today. It's gorgeous. It's so wonderful. So and blessed for this day. And Gabby got to Florida safe. And uh, yeah, Amy, this was amazing. I know we as could just always. talk forever as we usually, could. and we it. laugh a lot together too. I know. I know. You're like my little sister. <laughs> oh yay! So happy to be with you. So good to see you. And 
You can be found at Daughter Lessons on Instagram. Anywhere else you want yeah, to tell da- people? Yeah, and DaughterLessons.com. DaughterLessons.com. My book's coming out by Mother's Day. Yay. So, collection of daughter lessons essays and um, going to be published by the CC Institute Press, which I'm really excited about. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And just before we wrap up, so we did what was called a truth interview. That's what I was calling them back then. And I'm redesigning that now as the Ripple Effect Project. And so you're, we already did one. And it it was like, I was going to see if you wanted to do it again and do it over. But I feel like it's like things are still the same for me. Do you remember what we talked about? It's been a while. I do. So we talked about like the whole self-worth and like standing in your worth as a mother and not feeling like you need to be a martyr. So I'm going to share that again if that's okay Absolutely. With you. <laughs> you know, I think there's, you know, without going into it, um, there is a concept that I like to call the martyrdom of motherhood mm-hmm. in our society. Like, so throw important. that away, people. We do not need to be martyrs. Being a mother is is joyful. It is um, it is a privilege. It's an honor. It is it is it is so many things. It's it's part of our journey. But we do not have to sacrifice who we are. And in fact, we do our children an injustice. Because nobody wants to be responsible for making someone else a martyr. No. The best thing you can do for your children is to let them know how much they delight you. That just seeing their face and the fact that they're living and breathing makes you so happy. That's the gift you give your children, not martyrdom. I love that so much. That's why I had to just hit it home totally because so many people need to hear that. You know, and be reminded of it, even if we already kind of have been exposed to that thought. You know, it's such a good reminder and just such a good frame of thought. So we will wrap up now. And thanks for being the first guest on the Reconnected Podcast. Oh, thanks, Amy. It was awesome. Thanks for showing us how to reconnect to our worth and, and all of the things. So talk soon, everyone.